0: Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Elia Green is a retired professional rugby sevens player who was part of the Olympic gold-winning team at the 2016 Rio Olympics. Elia is a national champion for change ambassador for the United Nations Australia, a Rays ambassador and an adopt change ambassador. They performed this story at Riverside Theatres for Sydney World Pride. Good evening, everyone. Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge the land that we meet on today, the land of the Darug people. I would like to acknowledge the First Nations people in the room and First Nations people past and present. This is and always will be Aboriginal land. So I want you to remember a little you, a younger version, fresh-eyed in the world, no assumptions, no prejudice, just curiosity. In the beautiful islands of Fiji, Destiny is what changed my life forever. There was a beautiful couple, Polish woman and an English man. They were living in Fiji and working on their successful careers in TV, journalism and writing. And they had a beautiful villa in a place called Pacific Harbor, which is what would be considered a pretty bougie place in Fiji. It was surrounded by a huge golf course and water. This couple being Kaivalangi, which means white in Fijian, It would be assumed that they would be pretty rich. One day, the woman was approached on the street by a local who asked her to help his sister. She was giving birth in Suva Hospital. Without a second to think, she showed up with two full trolleys of necessities for the baby and the young mother. She wanted to help this Fijian mother navigate her way through life and support her in the best way that she could. So this Polish woman stayed by the bed while she gave birth, but what she didn't know was that she was going to leave the hospital with this little Fijian baby, me. So when I was four years old, my dad became very sick. We moved to Australia to get better medical treatment. Unfortunately, he passed away. My mother spent a very long time grieving over him because he was the love of her life. At this point, we're now living on the Central Coast. Now the Central Coast 20 to 25 years ago was, let's just say, a different place little difficult. (laughs) Um, So my mum was faced with the unexpected reality of now being a single widowed mother with two Fijian kids, now three and four, and in a lot of debt and two weeks to find government housing for this new reality with her kids. Now let's get back to that younger you, whatever that looked like at four. All you cared about was being loved, right? Well same, that four-year-old me kept growing up to be asked why is your mum so white and you're so black? And I would say, really, that's news to me. (laughs) I didn't even realise I was a different skin colour to my parents and not because they weren't educating me on that, but because all I knew was their love, not the colour of their skin. Now imagine that kid being older, let's say six years old and being asked, have you met your real parents? At this point, I still didn't even know I was adopted or didn't know the definition of being adopted. One night my brother, who was also adopted from Fiji, asked our mom about this photo where she's riding a camel. And he asked, so does that mean that I was in your belly so I rode a camel as well? And out came the visual learning book about adoption and she explained everything to us. I can remember her being so nervous while she was explaining this, taking these huge sips um, of a glass of red. <laughs> she told this long-winded story that I don't remember, but I do remember being bored and thinking, cool story, Mum, what's for dinner? <laughs> there was never a single doubt in my mind that I was destined to be with this queen of a woman who would love and adore me as a mummy for the rest of my life. So when any anyone asked any questions about this, I would look and say, Okay guys, look, my mum, she had an addiction to eating so much chocolate during her pregnancy. <laughs> and the doctors warned her, if she doesn't stop, she's gonna give birth to a Cadbury chocolate looking baby. <laughs> One kid even bullied me for being adopted saying, Haha, you're an unwanted baby. My reply would be, actually you're wrong. My mum actually chose me, but you, your poor parents didn't have a choice. Getting stuck with you. <laughs> Their faces were priceless. Now imagine a younger you, roughly 13 years old, going through the stages of puberty, and 13 year old me, who could run very fast, was asked, Why do you look like a boy? And even just straight up, You are a boy. Should I make jokes like I did when I joked about my mum? But I'd just be standing there stunned. Probably mute, no confidence, no voice, with a short, afro, skinny black legs that could run fast, just thinking in my mind, you're actually 100% correct. (laughs) Those skinny black legs would one day become my ticket to freedom, to run fast and not look back. Something that would impress my mum, impress kids at school who would always find ways to call me out for being different, and in fact, impress myself. However, what was even better than this was the look of excitement and happiness when my mom had that my mum had on my face when she was watching me win these races. I would constantly chase the moment of making her smile and laugh with me and eventually, those skinny black legs were running in rugby sevens. <laughs> now bring that young inner you up to your early 20s. 20-year-old me was in a new city with a new goal in a different sport traveling the world with a group of people that would also become my family. But this fresh-eyed 20-year-old was being asked, do you tackle in women's rugby or is there, are the rules different to the men's game? And how much less do you get paid in the women's team? Not just from friends or strangers, but now the questions were coming from the journalists. These questions were constant. However, we answered all of these questions with our actions when we put the performance of our life on in the Rio Brazil Olympics and won the first ever Olympic gold medal in rugby sevens. Being an Olympian, it is something that I had dreamt of since I was that kid in kindergarten, navigating my way through the complexities of life, the complexities of identity and the complexities of dealing with people, not knowing that I would eventually have the confidence to be me after a 10-year career in professional sport, facing these questions from all aspects of the game and my life. One very memorable moment of trying to explain um, my identity to one of my close teammates was in the change room after finishing a field session. We were the only ones in the change room at this point. And I said to her, I have something to tell you. I have really bad body dysmorphia, as I do not feel like I am in the right body at all and... I never really have, I just keep it to myself. I constantly overcompensate with my confidence to cover this up. So I've actually booked in my surgery to start my transition and I'm so excited. I actually um, specifically said, I've booked in my chest surgery and I'm really excited. Her response was, oh my God, me too. (laughs) Oh wait, she said, me too. I want to get surgery too, because my tits are getting saggy from this training. <laughs> my, my face was just like, oh man, oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking, look, I give up. You can all figure it out when you see me next. <laughs> so now 26 in this stage, in the public eye, in the sporting world, I still had that 10 year old in me. Knowing I'm in the wrong body, I was always focused on rugby for the sport, the family, and for the love and just for being me, I could be myself. To me, it was simple and something I was really looking forward to post-retirement. But I'm getting, I'm still getting asked things now, like, are you going to change your name? Because Ellie is a very feminine name, mate. I would say, no, but I think Dave's a bit of a shit name. (laughs) Sorry if there's any Dave's room, I'm just joking. It was just Dave. (laughs) Or when people saw me next, I would get asked, Do you really think you would have been as successful in your career if you had played as a male? Probably not. So, do you have a dick and a vagina? Because if I had that, I'd be able to fuck myself. My response would be, you should probably still go and do that. (laughs) And to top it off, this one's one of my favourites. Did you let another bloke have sex with your missus to make your baby? My response would be, no, did you? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll bring you back to the real now. We now have a beautiful family, my fiance, Vanessa Turnbull Roberts, and our beautiful baby, Waitui, which means ocean and rivers in both of our languages. So my point in asking you to bring your younger self along for these questions in life, is to be curious, but realize when you ask about how a family is formed, adoption, identity, or assume because someone was on the national, national stage or TV that they have all the answers. Remind yourself that you are asking these questions to another human being. We all have our youngest selves still figuring these things out. And I'll leave you with this last question. Some people wonder and dream about, what would I do if I won the lotto? Well, let me tell you now. This is the one question I actually do have an answer to. Today I stand here as a father, a husband-to-be and a proud Fijian man. And with that I can tell you, I have already won the lotto. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out Queer Stories on Patreon where you can support the project for as little as $1 per month. Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for news and event updates and follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram.